Have you ever wondered how to use AI in your business? Have you ever thought about AI as being actually another team member? Stay tuned for my great conversation with Evan Ryan about his new book, AI as Your Teammate. Enjoy. Hi, Shannon Waller here and welcome to Team Success. Today, I'm here talking with my really good friend, Colby Twin, brilliant client, Evan Ryan, who has written a really interesting cool book, which I really want you to know about. It's called AI as Your Teammate, Electrifying Growth Without Increasing Payroll. That sounds super exciting. So Evan, first of all, thank you so much for writing the book. And I cannot wait to do a deep dive and overview. So before we jump in, I want to know what made you write this book? You know, writing a book is no small task, as you've discovered. So what is it for you that really just went, okay, I've got to get this out there. This is a message that people need to know. Well, first, thank you for having me. I'm excited to spend the time with you and hang out. I wrote the book because I Google searched AI for small businesses and all the articles that came up were basically, well, you could use AI for a chatbot on your website and you can use AI for cybersecurity. And I thought to myself, well, boy, there's like a lot in between, like (laughs) high tech cybersecurity and, and chatbots that you can just like throw on your website in five seconds. So, well, maybe I have the wrong Google search results. And over the next half hour, hour of searching, I really couldn't find anything that was helping entrepreneurs who really want to grow do that in an accessible way. So I decided to write a book to teach entrepreneurs how to use AI. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And we got some phenomenal feedback from our last conversation, our last podcast about how people can use AI. So I love that we're going to do an even deeper dive. But there's something about thinking about AI as your teammate. So not only is there how to go and do it and your prescriptive and how to do that, but there's a mindset required, right, to actually look at things differently. So there's a value, obviously, to humans being in a business, but a lot of people are not cognizant, not aware, may not have the right perspective to take full advantage of AI. So tell me about, you know, looking at AI as a teammate. So another person, instead of being, you know, Evan, Joanne, Susan, you know, that AI is doing something for you, what kind of a mindset is required? Because this is what your company does. And you work with people who get it and you work with people who don't. So how do people need to think about this? Well, it starts by defining AI. Yeah, because AI to people who don't know what AI is, is magic and (laughs) (laughs) AI in our world is just data with a task. Mm. So, you know, instead of a human doing a task and we have thousands of tasks that we do every day, AI is just data doing that task for you. So my first question when I talk with people is always, well, what's your highest turnover position? Mm. And then, well, why is it your highest turnover position? And most of the time, it comes down to an A player wants to be able to do the thing that they were hired to do, but they've got too much boring stuff on their plate, Mm -hmm. and they go searching for a new opportunity to find fulfillment. Oh, I love it. There's something about what you just said that really struck a chord with me, and that is that often there are wins in a position and a role, but we kind of ignore the subtraction part of it. And if we can get rid of the pain, if we can get rid of the dissatisfiers, then you actually have an opportunity to free people up to do what coach would say is their unique ability, whatever. But we don't often focus on eliminating the pain. And there's this might be generational for all I know, but there's like, oh, well, everyone's got to, you know, put their time in or do the hard stuff. And 
And people are like, mm, actually, no, I don't. <laughs> so it seems to me that this is a pretty critical thing to take into account is to pay attention to what are the, again, you know, old expression in terms of dissatisfiers, but the things that are too boring, too painful, too time consuming, that are keeping people from making their highest and best contribution. There's too much opportunity out there right now for someone to need to, you know, earn their stripes in order to find fulfillment. I don't think it's necessarily about doing hard stuff that they don't like. They love doing hard stuff. Actually, it's their favorite thing to do. It's just hard stuff that they find fulfilling versus really boring stuff that's repetitive that just allows them to get the job done. Right. Oh, such a great point. Such a great point. So what are some of the things that are super boring that AI is brilliant at that people can't stand? Lots of really small tasks, you know, looking at photos and determining that the item in the photo is what you say it is okay. or reading reports and summarizing the reports or generating reports. A, a lot of companies that we work with generate some sort of report product and it's largely the same report just with some small details changed. Mm. Things like checking project management platforms and checking your Stripe account or your credit card account or your email account and making sure that all of the data looks good. Well, what if an AI could do all of this for you and just send you an email saying, hey, everything checks out properly? Nice. Lots of clicking on screens, moving data from Excel into your email service, into your HubSpot or your CRM and all sorts of different things that, you know, you would never create a job description around and you hire somebody to do it, and three weeks into that job, it's like, oh yeah, well, in order to be able to do what you actually signed up to do, you actually have to do this one small thing too. Right. So it's all that underneath stuff that's required in order to be able to do the thing they were actually hired for. Yes. All the All of the administrative work. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's exciting. Now, it's interesting because in the title of your book, what you talk about is actually, you know, electrifying growth. So if somebody just wants to stay where they're at, probably AI is not going to be a solution that they're going to wrap their head around. But for people who are actually, you know, very growth focused to want to 10x their businesses, want to do that without increasing payroll. It's interesting for us at Strategic Coach, we don't want to increase a huge amount of headcount, right? Which also relates to it. Now, Dan would love to go 10x with a maximum of 150 people. Well, we're not that far away from that right now. <laughs> How do we do that? All right, technology will be the answer. So I'm excited by, and you use the word electrify, I'm sure, very consciously. So this is for people who actually are on that, you know, I'm going to call it steep growth path. Is that how you look at it? It is. We've never talked to anyone who said, I want to bring AI into my business so I can fire half my team and then we can just be really profitable after that. To be honest, I don't even think that's a strategy that's going to work well. I'm sure someone will or has tried it, but I don't think it's going to work well. When we talk to people, it's always, I absolutely love the people on my team. I really want to use them in better ways and I want to see if AI can help them. A CEO never has AI built to help make their job easier. Mm. A CEO has AI built to make their team's jobs easier. Nice. I love that. And we use the term electricity because we think of AI a lot like electricity. You know, there were all sorts of companies and industries before electricity was created. 
But then electricity made all of those companies and all of those industries much more efficient, much bigger, much more profitable, and ultimately made the jobs that were being done much more fulfilling. Instead of, you know, shoveling coal into a train car, mm-hmm. now people are mechanical engineers on trains. Great. Yes. Much higher level of intelligence and creativity and problem solving required. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So now one of your chapters is the great unknown that is AI, you know, and you've defined AI, you know, but essentially, so artificial intelligence, and there's all sorts of debates about the difference between artificial versus human intelligence and people get a little intimidated, you know, but really essentially they're computer programs written by human. Last time I checked. Is that accurate? That is absolutely the case. Yeah. All it is is a computer program. And it doesn't really matter if it's, you know, the letter of the law AI versus just a couple of if-then statements. I actually just saw a funny tweet recently. Somebody had said, don't fool yourself. Your job will never be automated by neural nets. It'll be automated by if-then statements. And their joke was that your job is probably a hell of a lot simpler than you think it is. (laughs) Humans do like to complicate things. (laughs) But at the end of the day, the important thing is it's just a computer program designed to do a task for you so you can do other stuff. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, and this really ties into something that Dan has said about technology is that essentially technology is automated teamwork. You know, it's where there was a huge amount of repetition, huge amount of consistency, and someone eventually wrote a computer program for it. But there needs to be a connection between the humans and the technology. And that's, I know, a huge part of where you come in. And I like it. I feel like I like being in teamwork with technology. Incredibly consistent, doesn't need to sleep, works in the background, you know, does everything it's supposed to do, can change it if you need to or I can get help getting it changed because Lord knows I don't know how to program a thing. You know, there's something kind of neat. And I just love the leverage that you talk about, which actually happens to be your chapter two, which is AI is boundless leverage. And that's how I think of technology in general, but specifically about AI. So what have you seen with people who have embraced AI and really have taken full advantage of it? What kind of points of leverage have you seen? It starts with people using AI And they're able to accomplish 50x or 100x more than they were before. I'll tell you a story. So we have a company that uses AI to write newspaper articles. It's very information-based newspaper articles. And the first night, we were writing sports articles about high school football games. The first night, it was launch day. The first line of code had been written six weeks beforehand. And that evening, the newspaper that we were working with was able to publish twice as many game recap articles as they had the entire previous season. What? And everybody sort of sat there. And the next question was, well, what's next? (laughs) And over time, that business was able to use so much AI across so many areas of their business that they've been growing like absolute wildfire. And they've only increased their headcount by two or three people. Mm. So no, entirely new possibilities open up when you can produce that volume, that amount of value creation with almost no extra people. Well, the, what happens the first time something gets automated is what we call a creativity space. Oh, what's that? Where you are going to do a job mm-hmm. or a task. You realize that the computer did that task for you. Okay. And you sit there and you say, well, what do I do now? 
And you know that you just have to move on to the next task, but you're so used to your routine that you're in that you sort of sit there and you think about the fact that, you know, a computer is doing this for me and it becomes really addictive mm -hmm. and people look for more and more and more creativity spaces. The reason we call it a creativity space is because in that two or three or four seconds, all people are thinking about is what can I automate next? Mm -hmm. They've seen what a computer can do for them or what AI can do for them. They've felt that leverage. And now it's, oh, well, I know these five other tasks that I would love to not ever do again, too. Can I do this? And that's what happened. What started with this newspaper was, you know, it was one small project, small in air quotes, to see if we could write a newspaper article using a computer. And it turned into now over 70 automations that they have. Nice. Just one. So they've only increased their headcount by two or three people. That I know. What are those people doing? I'm just curious. Sales. That makes sense. And it sounds like the volume of what they produce is, what, a 10x, 100x multiple? Enough that the company is growing by a really, really large percentage every year. Yeah. And they've only hired salespeople. <laughs> I love that story. My picture of what this means going forward in the future, Evan, is that, first of all, a lot more can be automated than people ever imagined. You'd think writing an article would actually take human creativity. Turns out not so much. No, I'm sure sports has a pretty consistent formula of what you would report on in terms of a game or something like that. So that's one thing. But then it's the human relationship stuff, like sales, that is still absolutely required. But that, I think people will actually, we tend to gravitate in the direction of where are the multipliers. So I, I can just see new, entirely new possibilities, new markets, new verticals that people can work with, thanks to AI that wasn't really possible before because it was too labor heavy. Well, and using the sports example, you know, because an AI writes sports articles now, the journalists can go write more thoughtful pieces that impact the community more. Mm, okay. Tell me more about that. I think a lot of times people want to solve the most complex problem first. Mm -hmm. When in reality, there's a chance, a very high likelihood, that their team already knows how to solve the most complex problem, but they don't have the time or the resources in order to be able to do it. So instead of trying to solve the biggest problem first, what if we tried to solve one very small problem, and then another very small problem, and another and another, and over time, your team can be freed up to solve the really big complex problems, the really hard ones. It's like, free my people. <laughs> Let my people go. Exactly. The first thing I think about. But if we can free people from drudgery, from repetitive, boring tasks, I mean, you know, once a week, I'm happy to have 10 minutes doing something that is, you know, quote unquote mundane, just to give my brain a rest, because the rest of the time I've been solving complex problems, but that's 10 minutes. I don't want to be doing it, you know, hours every single day, which is how most people have to spend their time. So that leverage is amazing. Well, and what if you never had to train for it again, too? Hallelujah. And you never had to hire for it again. And there were all these things that you just never had to do again. That might be the selling point right there. If you never had to hire again for this, be like, check. That would be incredible because hiring's hard. And it's expensive and it's very time consuming. Yeah. And it's a bit of a crapshoot. But once an AI can do something once, you know, it can do it a million times. Mm. 
All right. I'm getting more and more excited the more we talk about this. So you also talk in part two about using the AI success formula. I'm, I'm desperately curious to know what this is. Well, it starts with Stephen Covey's begin with the end in mind. Yep. The single most important thing with AI is really knowing what you want and having a really clear vision of your future. What does your company look like with it? What does your teamwork look like with it? What does your ROI look like with it or your profitability or gross margins? What can you do more of? Mm-hmm. Can you do more customer support? Can you do more customer fulfillment? Can you do more project planning or anything else? And then working all the way backwards to know, great, from what we want our really big future to be, who should guide us through that future? So who's somebody that can allow us to continue to run our business right now as it's being run, but can help us electrify Mm. that space? Uh And then it's really working with that person and working with your internal team. So whoever will actually end up using the AI or whoever job is affected by the AI to build the piece of software that's purpose built for them. So the thing that does exactly what they want to do exactly every single time that they do it. But the most important part of the AI success formula is really knowing what your vision is and being emotionally connected to it. Mm in a way that allows you to find the people who can guide you there. So interesting. I would imagine that's probably the biggest stumbling block or obstacle because a lot of people aren't clear on their future. What I'm thinking is this is a great opportunity for coaching to help people get clear on what it is that they're looking for. And I'm sure this is something that you guys do is like, okay, go this direction. Don't go that direction. Helping people get clear you know, you coach in what you coach in, we coach in what we coach in, but helping people get clear is actually where most of the work is. Well, I just got a phone call yesterday from somebody who is looking at a couple of different contracts. Uh, We don't work with him. He was looking at a couple of different contracts and possibilities. And he said, Evan, is this a good deal? It was, they were for a lot of money. Okay. He was going to spend a lot of money on software. So Evan, is this a good deal? I said, well, what do you want? I said, well, actually, I don't know. Well, what are the things in this AI that you absolutely must have? And you know, the other line of the phone was a little quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but it is the single most important thing. Understanding what your bigger future is, is the absolute most important thing. Mm-hmm. And there are resources out there that can help you, resources meaning people, that can help you fulfill that future from a technical perspective with the actual AI. Right. Chances are the AI isn't as hard as you think it is. Mm -hmm. But knowing what you want that to be is really important. And knowing how you want your team to get you there is really important. Yeah. So it strikes me that the thing to do is not get, I'm going to use this word I don't use it very often, not get suckered by the appeal of some sexy tech (laughs) AI solution that someone's selling you, but to get really, really clear on what you want and really clear about the specific, preferably small to start with, problem that you want to solve, you know, or someone's time that you want to free up by automating a process that they're having to spend a lot of their boring work time doing. That's actually the place to start. Again, working on that clarity and then going, okay, how can technology work for me? Not can, how can I work for the technology, which is the direction that some people go in. Oh yeah. We have done really sexy AI and we've done really unsexy AI. And 
my guess without looking at the data is the unsexy AI makes more of a difference oftentimes than the really sexy AI does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some fun projects out there, but <laughs> the ones that make the biggest difference to people's day-to-day existence is the unsexy stuff. Well, and most small businesses aren't trying to become Google or Facebook or Apple or Tesla. They're trying to grow by 10x, but their entire product isn't necessarily just one or two or three AI algorithms. And so they just are really looking for, well, how can I make you know my life 5%, 10%, 20% easier? Yeah, because we both talk to business owners all the time. And it's interesting because how can they make their lives easier? But then with their team, I would say it's probably closer to 20 or 30%. How can I free up 20 to 30% of my team's time from the boring for them tasks to free them up to solve the more complex problems? That is a brilliant question to be asking, right? Because there's a lot of time that's wasted that your team would love to, as you put it, they probably do have the answers to the complex problems. They don't have time to get to them. I think most CEOs know that their team is underutilized. Mm -hmm. And One of the big problems, especially in labor shortages, especially in sort of the new age economy that we're moving into, is how do I make sure that my team feels so utilized and feels so important that we can continue to work together to make our vision, collective vision of the future happen? I love that. I love that. As someone who's passionate about team members and teamwork... (laughs) You know, thinking through that question is like, yes, that is the best thing. And we want to be utilized. We want to be used. There's that great quote. I want to be used up when I die, you know, fully used up. (laughs) Like it's true, not used, but used up. It's like, I want to be utilized for my unique ability. That is a joy that gives me energy. It doesn't deplete me being used for tasks of which I do not have the right energy or skill set or just desire not fun at all. Don't want to be used in that capacity. Utilized is a very cool way to approach that. When we talk to team members and we'll ask them, you know, when have been your favorite times in this job or in previous jobs? Yeah. It's always when they left it all out on the field for something they really believed in. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And they don't get the chance to play that full out very often. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Administrative tasks does not mean that you left it all out on the field. No. (laughs) So true. So true. One of the other things you talk about in a moment, we'll let you know how to get a hold of this awesome book, is getting started with AI today. What's one practical action that we can leave people with to help them start answering some of these questions? And if they're intrigued by AI, I'm certainly sold. What's something they can do to just kick off? There are two services that I'll talk about. The first is called Zapier, Z. A-P-I-E-R. Zapier allows you to do little automations that save you three, five, or 10 minutes. Things like add a new Stripe customer to my email list. Or when somebody signs up for a particular email list, send them a particular onboarding sequence. When a task is marked as complete in our project management platform, send me a Teams or a Slack message letting me know that we've moved on to the next phase. Nice. Zapier is a great, great, great resource. They have amazing help documentation in order to get you started. Mm -hmm. The second is I would go over to your marketing department and I would recommend either Copysmith, C-O-P-Y-S-M-I-T-H dot A-I. I'm not affiliated with these companies, by the way. Or Copy, 
copy.ai, copy.ai, and have an AI write the first version of your marketing copy for you. It's not perfect, but it does write the first version. That way, your marketing team can spend more time editing and less time creating. And this is not to replace the creativity that your marketing team does. But if you post on social media, for example, or you post a blog post every week or whatever, that's a lot of content that needs churned out. What if you could use an AI to help you with that content so that your marketing team can work on really, really impactful campaigns? I love that because frankly, starting with a blank page is hard. You know, you know, when writing a book, I write relatively often and starting with a blank page, you're like, editing is so much easier. Like, oh, I love that. Hate that. You know, it's just then your creativity kicks into gear. So that's, I did not know those existed. Oh, they're fantastic. And what I find is that I don't really know what I want. I know what I need, but I don't know what I want until it gives me five or 10 different options for marketing copy. And then I'll probably change it. But it gave me the original idea that I needed. Okay. I've just thought of 18 different ways I could use that. Because I was writing, you know, basically I do a little mini interview with one of our amazing marketing people and it's for the beginning of a newsletter. It's kind of deal. So I kind of spit it all out. And then essentially I give it to a human to do exactly what you're talking about. Right. And usually I love it. Half the time I don't even see it. But it's like all of a sudden I could do that, run it through and then go, oh, this is where I want you to go. Go more in this direction. Take that. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. And I'm just thinking about like summaries of podcasts and, you know, all the things for show notes. And I have to do write ups for speeches all the time. I find it very challenging. It can also do things like rewrite your sales letters for you. So if you give it a sales letter that you have, it'll rewrite it. That way you can send out that email, that sales email that might have converted pretty well, but you want to A B test it. And people think that. It's an entirely new email. It can write your FAQ documentation for you. It can write your landing page copy for you. We've used it for all of this. We've used it for sales pages and funnels. There are just infinite possibilities. It can give you ideas of blog posts to write. Hmm. Awesome. Thank you. So many ideas. And you're not even affiliated with these companies. <laughs> no, I just really, really get a kick out of it. Well, and what I remember from our last conversation which again, tons of great feedback from it, is you're like, just Google whatever the thing is you're looking at, you know, AI. And people did that. And they came back with some really cool, really cool things. Oh my gosh, Evan, you're the coolest. All right, so tell me, how can people get the book? Where is it available? How can they reach out to you? Especially if you do want to AI your company, not that it's really actually a verb, but never know. Because coaching, I do think that, you know, Dan talks about there needs to be a connection between the technology and the people and you're a brilliant resource for that. So how can people connect with you if that's something that is definitely a direction that they want to go in? Absolutely. So you can get the book and every major retailer, AI is your teammate, and you can connect with me at teammateai.com. Nice. You can also email me evan at teammateai.com and an AI will tell me if I will read it or not. (laughs) Because you have that automated. I love it. And I didn't even ask you this beginning. What's the name of your company? Tell people about your actual organization. Our company is called Teammate AI. We really enjoy automating boring tasks for people. I have zero tolerance for being bored. Yeah. And our hope is that we can electrify you know, every company by giving it AI as a teammate. Mm, and eliminating boredom. 
Helping people find fulfillment. <laughs> one automation at a time. Helping people find fulfillment one automation at a time. That is a great tagline. I love it. Evan, as always, a total joy to talk to you. Congratulations on the book. That's a very big deal. And I'm excited because I think what you do is kind of demystify the whole idea about AI. And it in no way competes with human intelligence. I feel like that's not a relevant even conversation the way that you're approaching it. So I really appreciate the ease that you have brought into what could be a somewhat new or intimidating conversation for some people. So thank you, much appreciated. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you.